0: Your skin looks great. what light do you have
1: it's the camera this brio camera is like ridiculous
0: it's better than my camera
1: i think it's the camera this Brio live stream camera i'm no longer all my live streams are going to be with this now the um sony the a six thousand that we have I'm only using that now for recording with a teleprompter
0: oh well i want I want this camera that you have <sighs> <laughs>
1: it's expensive are you sure you can afford it
0: i know a guy (laughs)
1: 180 bones hey by the way have you seen my airpods
0: people who are listening to this conversation i just want to tell you that for the last three days rob walling has been walking around asking everyone in every room that he's in the living room the kitchen the bathroom the basement the post office have you seen my airpods he lost an airpod he was doing some errands. He lost an AirPod. He had our assistant call every place that he went in that day.
1: I went to four stores.
0: Hey, Rob, what is your, like roughly, if you were to, you know, humble yourself and go back to consulting, what would your hourly rate be?
1: Hundreds of dollars per hour. I don't know.
0: Okay. 300, 500. How many hours have you spent? Spent thinking about, dreaming about, talking about, making inquiries about your AirPods?
1: No, not very long. Like two
0: Just hours. No. <laughs> Absolutely, yes.
1: <laughs> Broken up into little chunks. I definitely did pour through the car and then told the kids if either of them could find them in my car, I would give them $10. Neither was able to. I mean, to.
0: for $200, I'll get you some. <laughs>
1: That's what they cost on Amazon. I ordered some yesterday. Are you I serious? Them
0: and why are you still asking me about it? This is fun.
1: Your reaction is hilarious. It's like the highlight of my day.
0: You just asked <laughs> me like 10 minutes ago, have you seen my AirPods? Like, no, but you ordered some? Yesterday.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I figured, hey, if I find them, then I'll have backups, right?
0: I will just buy you some so you'll stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd just move on. Buy you uh, some for
0: the privilege of throwing them at your head.
1: Yeah, it's a good one, and hopefully, you can afford this expensive uh, live stream camera. <laughs> Logitech Brio, yo.
0: I, we need a marital session. I'm calling. I'm calling our doctor. Calling Dr. Allen.
1: <laughs> There's a reason that that Ruben Gomez calls me like. He said, you're such a cheap bastard. And it's like, well, I grew up like needing to be cheap. And he's like, yeah, but you you need to stop. You're driving me crazy. (laughs) Just stop with the cheap. Because I'd be like, I'd go to get a new MacBook. It's like, ah, these are really expensive. And he's like, bro, you're on this like eight hours a day for three years. And are you kidding me that you're not going to drop two grand on the best? It's like, what hard drive size? It's like 200 bucks extra for the the Terabyte. He's like, no, you're not doing this. You're getting the best one. And you're going to do that. And you're going to shut the front door. You're not going to talk about it.
0: Is this also like when I went to give you a hug earlier and I was like, why are you emanating heat? And you were like, oh, well, I was wearing this sweatshirt that I got on Amazon. That's probably mostly plastic, but I was wearing that and I got overheated. Because it doesn't so breathe. why you walking around <laughs> steaming. It's
1: a fabric that doesn't breathe very well. All right, so no more clothes from Amazon. Is that a a deal? Yes!
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host. I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs. And I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. So, you wanted to talk about feedback.
1: <laughs> I wanted to talk about. So you said Stop
0: I'm being a cheap bastard, and you said no more clothes from Amazon. What
1: should I talk about on my podcast? And I started coming up with, up with ideas, and you're like, Do you just have time to record right now?" I was like, "Not really. I actually have." A, go grab your mic. It'll only take 20 minutes. So suddenly, I want to talk about me.
0: <laughs> thanks, thanks for helping me make that graceful professional
1: transition. Yeah, absolutely, it was seamless. Yeah. So what I was thinking about was no matter what you're building or putting into the world, whether it's essays, or a book, or running an event online or in person, shipping software, running an accelerator, you're going to get feedback from people. People have opinions, they're going to say that event was great, it wasn't good, I liked this speaker, I didn't like that one, this essay sucks, whether I disagree with it, or even to the point of like what kind of spurred this is startups for the rest of us, my you know the sister podcast to, to Zen founder the other podcast it uh, I shouldn't even say its name it has a visit, like nine hundred and fifty positive reviews in you know in iTunes or Apple podcasts and they're like the first negative review I've seen in literally years came through this this morning I get an email when we get new reviews and it was like you know saying oh two stars, the show used to be better blah 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 and I was. A, surprised by it because it's unusual, but then also is like, how do you not over or under index on feedback? How do you take that and say, wow, do I react to that? Do I now change? You know, in this case, I'm not going to change to the rest of us because of this person's feedback. But how many points of feedback do you need to start thinking about to not be, you know, I think of like Travis Kalanick, who ran Uber. And what I heard is like, he was so hell bent on whatever he was doing, he didn't listen to anybody's feedback. And people were like, You're pissing everyone off and you're doing illegal things and you're getting sued and blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, Nope, the mission, the mission, the mission, not gonna listen to anybody. And I don't know him personally, but the, you know, these are the that's what you think of like a Jeff Bezos, a driven entrepreneur of like, I just keep going and, and push it, versus I'm, you know, being overly sensitive and over-indexing on one or two or three data points when you don't have others. So that's the topic I was thinking about.
0: Yeah. And I think that. It's important to ask the question, right? To be self-aware enough to say, oh, somebody gave me this feedback. Is it useful to me or is it not? And I think there's like a variety of things that go into asking that question. One, of course, is like the awareness of feedback in the sense that I have never looked at the reviews. No, that's not true. I do have looked at the reviews for my podcast, but I don't often look at them because they're not a core driver of why I do it. So you sort of select the feedback loop you you look for the kinds of data that are interesting and important to you and really are well suited to evaluate your performance so for you like somebody who's going to give you feedback on iTunes is maybe less valuable than the people in your inner circle than your you know loving doting wife than people that you have closer relationships with who are in a place to look more closely at what you're doing and help evaluate it so consider the source Secondly, I think it's this trend towards how consistent is the feedback, right? Is it multiple points of data? Is it just one point of data?
1: I like that measure. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I do, right? Is like people in my inner circle, I always, I mean, if they say something, I like take it to heart, especially if they know what's going on. And as it got further and further out, I mean, I think of examples, there's certain things that's like, yeah, a podcast review is not, you know, not going to change my life. But I remember when we were building, building drip, we would get 30, 40 emails a week with, suggestions. Here's how to change this. Here's what you should be doing differently. If you had this feature, if you marketed it this way, I mean, literally it was just inundated with stuff. And the biggest filter I used was, do I know this person or or do I think they're an expert and have more knowledge of this than I do? Because a lot of people give opinions when they don't know what the they're talking about. That's what I realized is when you're, I think as an early entrepreneur, people would give me opinions like, well, they must know what they're talking about because they're giving me their opinion. Cause I don't give my opinion until I'm pretty confident that I know the right answer. But I would, I would start engaging with some of these folks and would have an email back and forth. And I'm realized, Oh wow, they've never built a business. They just have, they're like, Oh, you should lower your prices or you should be ad supported and not charge anything. And I remember being like, Oh, you just, you have no idea. And are you even a customer? Yeah, exactly. Like you're a trial user or you're a free customer or whatever it is. And that I I guess a big learning I had early on was just because someone's giving you their opinion doesn't mean they know what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, I think that's in some ways the sad thing that's happened on Twitter, which from people who have been longtime users, it used to be much more of a community where there was like spirited dialogue and engagement and sharing of interesting ideas. And now it's feels a little bit like a cesspool of uninformed opinions. And I think obviously the, the stressors of the last year have perhaps catalyzed that as we've all needed ways to respond to the news and to things that have happened, but it's taken the form of sort of spewing ideas and feedback and opinions with really no, no basis for expertise. So that's the sense of like considering the source.
1: I fully agree with that. Another thing that comes to mind is when I get feedback, because I get, I get a lot of feedback. I mean, everything I mentioned about writing essays, writing books, having a podcast, running online events, running in-person events, software, Accelerate, you know, I mean, you go across that.
0: You do a lot in public, you work in public.
1: And I get a lot of feedback about it. And another thing that I have seen over the years is the more negative the feedback and the more almost emotionally charged it feels, usually the less valid it has been. That it comes from an emotional place versus constructive. There's positive feedback and negative feedback and negative feedback can be constructive or it can be aggressive. You know what I mean? And I've often found that folks who are, who are able and willing to kind of frame their feedback as a constructive piece of like, here's a, something I saw, and here's how I think it could be better. And even here's why I think this would be better. You know, it's almost like a reasoned argument. It's like, a, if you were in a debate or in something like, it's persuasive versus this really sucks. And oh my gosh, I can't believe you did this. And oh, you need to change this, right? That, that's not that, actually that constructive. It's someone having a temper tantrum in writing.
0: And I think it's important not to necessarily villainize emotionally charged feedback. But I do think that the more emotionally latent the feedback it is, the more it's likely to be based in something that happens within that person. So a constructive piece of feedback is like, oh, I saw that you had a a typo or an error in the content on your site. I just observed it. Here's the information. It's very emotionally neutral. But like, if someone's giving you feedback that the thing that you did or the way that you wrote it or the way that you said that, that was really hurtful to me. That may be emotionally charged. It's still valuable feedback.
1: You're, you're right. And that I haven't had feedback like that because again, building a software product, people don't say it's hurtful to them, but I have had, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you idiots designed this screen. I mean, you know, seriously getting feedback like that. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, huh, talk about consider the source, you know, is this the, is this the type of individual... Or at least in that moment, do you want to take that feedback? What I've often found is if you give it a few days and you respond back with like, either I don't agree or, hey, sorry that that came off like that. We have fixed it. Or yeah, we have 10,000 users and you're one opinion and we're not going to be able to. Oftentimes I've had people respond back and say, wow, I just read my initial email I sent to you. And it came off really aggressive. I didn't mean for that to happen. Like I'd say more than half the time, that's been a response of someone almost, you know, you caught them on a bad day or whatever, and they almost want to walk it back a little bit.
0: Do you always respond to the feedback that you receive?
1: No, only if I feel like it's useful to respond. I mean, if it's helpful, I will respond and be like, thank you, I like this. that's very helpful for me to think about, you know, good food for thought. If it's unhelpful, I will err on the side of not responding, unless I feel like there's a real need.
0: How do you deal with positive feedback?
1: I save it in a, in a label and usually it's email, right? It's saving a label in Gmail. I only started doing that probably too late, only a few years back. And why do you do that? Well, so I can look at it when I'm, you know, on those lonely nights when I'm sad and cry myself to sleep, I can flip it <laughs> open. Wow. <laughs> a little drama Who for is you. Your
0: wife drama wife. on the podcast.
1: <laughs> I do that so I can refer back to it.
0: I asked that question because I feel like people like don't not like don't take in the positive feedback. Like it just kind of like that's the default setting or the default expectation is that people will like your stuff and appreciate you and see value in you. And so that gives extra I think weight to the negative feedback when most of the entrepreneurs I know really again, spend a lot of time thinking about cycling on dealing with negative feedback and are pretty quick to like, let the positive feedback just sort of flow through.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think most of us do that. So here's the thing. I I get the most positive feedback around. It's like an email, like, your podcast and your book like changed the trajectory of my life. Like, thank you for putting what you put into the world or whatever. That's the positive feedback. Again, I mean, I don't get positive feedback about my work performance. I guess, no, that's not true. I guess every once in a while, like I'll record a video and Xander will say like, you did a really good job on that or something. So, and I just, yeah, I take that as a compliment. It makes me happy for a moment, you know? Yeah.
0: I think that sometimes we forget that it is pretty spectacular that many of us, many who are listening, get to do work that generally other people see and appreciate in some capacity or another.
1: Yeah, it's a big deal. And I think we forget how many lives we impact through it, whether it's, I don't know, people with a podcast that has, you know, thousand, 2000 listeners. And when you say that, it's like, oh, that doesn't sound like that many, but like how many of us have a thousand or 2000 people listening to every word we say for 20 minutes every week, you know, and, and this is totally okay. But like so many people never, you know, never write in and never tweet at you. And you just, you know, that you're having an impact. I mean, I, yeah, I, I do hear this. People will say, I've been listening for five years and we've never talked, but
0: do you give feedback differently now that you've had so much experience working in public and receiving feedback of all kinds?
1: I do. I don't give unsolicited feedback to people I don't know because I just don't think they should listen to me. They they probably know better, you know? I mean, I'll get in conversations, like if we're at MicroConf or I would do it in, during tiny seat interviews where I'm like asking questions about their business and then I'm like, man, I really think they should change the price, you know, insert thing here, right? That I'm thinking is wrong with your business. And I'll, to, I'll ask for permission, right? I'll say, do you mind if I like if, if I go into feedback mode or like advisor mode here real quick? And I think you should rework this and that. If I were your, in your shoes, here's what I would do. And that that's what I'll do. But I almost always ask for permission. And if I'm going to give someone negative feedback, it's almost always going to be private. And if I'm going to give positive feedback, I try, if at all possible, to do it in public.
0: I give a lot more positive feedback than I used to. Even just to
1: strangers out in the world like
0: and i think because i realize that lots of people around me are pretty hungry to simply be told hey you're doing a good job like that that very simple phrasing really lands for a lot of us especially sort of ambitious entrepreneurial types And as grownups, there's just not a lot of feedback. There's not a lot of people saying, like, you're doing a good job. Like, I mean, I I was on a plane recently. Thank you, vaccine. And, you know, the classic story of these young parents with this baby in the back of the plane. The baby was not having it, was not happy, like fussing, fussing. And you just see those parents working so hard. And I totally went up to them and was like, you guys are doing a good job. I know this sucks that your baby's crying on the plane, but like... You got it. It's cool. It's okay. You're trying.
1: Yeah, it's really kind of you. It is so true that as adults, we just don't get positive feedback very much. And when you said, what do you do with positive feedback? I was gonna ask you what positive feedback, but that's <laughs> that's not actually that's not true because of the stuff I do in public. But I don't get it from my, you know, I don't get it from my dad or my parents anymore like I used to, right? It's like the places you got it growing up or your boss. Right, don't have a boss. It's
0: not like your kids are like five star. Kids review, don't care. Right? Don't have a boss. You know,
1: it's all the places that you that I used to get it from are just not not in place anymore. So, you said that you have started giving more positive feedback because you realize that people need it or are hungry for it. What made you realize that?
0: Honestly, I think the intensity of the work that I've done with people around the world in the last year as people are increasingly isolated and just increasingly stressed. I I mean, I think a lot of folks have had their mental health really pressed and challenged. And sometimes what becomes very kind of magical is this like quick alleviation of the pressure when someone hears you're doing just fine, like keep going. You're okay you're doing a good job. I mean, I've spent my whole career working with high-functioning, ambitious people who are under duress or in stress, but I think it's just become clearer as I've watched the intensity that the, the isolation of the pandemic has had for a lot of people, that I'm much more aware of it and how powerful and how easy it is to just really like acknowledge people's efforts.
1: I think that's super valuable. I think it's a good way to live life. You know, just to put, put more positivity into the world is not the right way, but like to, to, I would love to go out of my way once a day, a few times a week to like, just do that for someone. I think it can have a big impact on, on their sense of being. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I think we can maybe wrap up that feedback conversation with a reminder of the power of really specific, thoughtful, positive feedback And that, of course, critical negative feedback can be a gift, but take it as a gift only when it's from a trusted, a trusted giver. And when it's measured and thoughtful, that that's, that's when it's most useful.
1: That was a really great summary and outro. Sherry, you did a great job.
0: Oh, thank you. And I really want to communicate to you. You may not buy any more clothes on Amazon.
1: Okay. Thank you. That was very constructive. And you are in my inner circle. Therefore, I will take it into account next time I'm about to click. Bye now.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast.